Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, when a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today, I'll be talking about the third episode of the TV show Shrinking. The show is created by Bill Lawrence, Jason Segel and Brett Goldstein. This episode's title is 15 Minutes, written by Brian Gallivan and directed by Rai Russo Young. The episode opens with Alan played by Asif Ali on a date. He is making terrible abbreviations and jokes. Like I'm the youngest COO under 40 and I'm also COO in bed. What does that even mean? Is he bragging about himself being great in bed? His date excuses herself to use the restroom. Jim appears out of nowhere and sits across Alan. Jim explains that since Alan has described his dates as consistently bad, Jim needed to be around to see it for himself. Jim elaborates, "Listen, the trickiest part about therapy is that sometimes a patient can be an unreliable narrator." At this point, Jim points his finger at Alan and has the same expression as, "I want you for the US Army." Jim continues to elaborate. So I started to wonder if maybe you are completely full of shit. Yes, Alan is completely full of shit. I guessed it when he called PJ a private jet. Now even Jim knows. Great. Jim advises Alan to be the kind, charming, vulnerable Alan that he knows. After rebelling a little, Alan does exactly what Jim suggests. At home, Alice is responding to Paul's text confirming that they can meet at 3. Paul signs his name at the end of each message just like Captain Raymond Holt in the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Because Alice is looking at her phone, she bumps into Sean in the kitchen who's cleaning. Sean is surprisingly chill with the bump. Usually he isn't. That means this is progress. Sean even senses the sarcasm in Alice's comments. Alice inquires about the orchid on the counter. Sean threw it in the trash because he thought it had passed. Sean checks if it were a friend of Alice's and apologizes for the loss. Alice gets upset, so Sean goes to get one zombie orchid for Alice from the trash. I just love this conversation. I think it is so beautifully written. Outside the house, Sean rummages through the trash. Pam, the next-door neighbor, is suspicious of Sean. Liz comes to Sean's defense saying that the family knows him. Jim joins them outside and informs that Sean is staying with them. Liz is surprised that Jim let a guy who beat someone to death stay in his home. Jim assures it's fine and Alice is cool with it. Alice steps out of the house and denies being cool with it, though she agrees that Pam is a racist. Yes, Pam is a racist. Sean promises to move out to VA housing. VA housing is short for Veterans Affairs Housing. Jim assures that Sean doesn't need to explain himself to Liz. Liz reminds Jim that she's not the bad guy here. Pam jumps at this opportunity to support Liz saying that Liz and I are just trying to protect the neighborhood. Liz snaps back at Pam saying, "There's no you and I." Derek stops by as he was driving and asks Liz if she needs him. Of course Liz refuses. Derek is cordial with Pam but Liz chastises him saying that they don't like Pam. Derek makes an inappropriate remark at Pam and leaves. Pam's jaws drop. Sean says he likes Derek 
I do too, Sean. The title sequence begins. Jim is hiking with Brian. Jim reveals that he and his wife Tia used to hike with Gabby and her husband. But now Jim can barely walk for get hiking. Everyone around is waving at Brian and exchanging pleasantries. Jim is surprised that no one waves at him despite living only 2 blocks away. Jim spots Donnie who shows him the finger. Brian jokes that it's half a wave. Jim wonders how Donnie has friends because he's such a bad dude. Sometimes even I wonder the same about bad people. If you observe closely, Donnie walks up to two people, a woman in a tie and dye sweatshirt sporting a cap and an African American man. We don't get to see the face of the woman. I think that was deliberate. Brian proposes that Jim and Gabby join him for drinks later in the night because it's been a while since Jim cut Brian out of his life for being too kind and supportive. Paul is at his doctor's for his Parkinson's follow-up meeting. Julie, his doctor, checks if Paul remembers their discussion about eating healthier. Paul confirms that he remembers, but he ignores the suggestion. Paul's reflexes and motor skills are great, so Julie checks on Paul's emotional health. Paul says, "I know what's coming, you know. I just, I try not to dwell." The shot cuts away to a flashback from this morning. Paul is seated on his couch at home, and the camera tracks in as he reveals, "Whenever I need it." I put one of my favorite sad songs and let myself grieve for 15 straight minutes. On a clock? You grieve on a clock? The alarm beeps. Paul continues, "Once my alarm beeps, I shake it off and get the fuck on with my life." That is when he responds to Alice's text saying great and signs his name. The sad song that Paul was grieving to was Blues Run the Game Studio Outtake 1965 by Simon and Garfunkel. At Gabby's home, Gabby is about to leave for work. She checks with her husband Nico if he wants her to take him to his meeting later. Hang on, is she talking about her AA meeting? Is everything not cool between Gabby and her husband Nico? She did have shit to deal with. I'm sorry, Gabby, but what you did to Liz was not cool either. Gabby grooves to absolutely story of a girl by nine days as she drives to work in her new Tesla. Gabby parks Debbie the name of her new car in her office spot and waits till she finishes grooving to the song. Paul bumps Gabby's car from behind. He utterly refuses to own up to his mistake. Jim casually checks with Paul if it's safe for him to drive given his Parkinson's. Paul reveals that he passed the mandatory motor skills test a few months ago. Paul admits that he's a shitty driver. Jim offers Paul to drive him to work every day. Gabby feels it's way out of Jim's way she can drive Paul to work. Paul declines the offer because he feels Gabby is a lot in the morning. I love the dynamic of this office group. They don't shame Paul for his condition, instead they offer suggestions and solutions. Alice and Paul meet at the park bench as per their text. Paul checks if Alice has had dinner with Jim yet. Alice admits that she has not been her best self lately. Everything ticks her off. I've been there, girl. Come to think of it, so has Sean. Paul drops his words of wisdom. Grief's a crafty little fucker. Sneaks up on you. Paul suggests Alice can try something that takes about 15 minutes. It's also the title of the episode. Feeling your feelings on a clock. Jim drives to pick up Gabby and the song Everybody featuring Azalea Banks by Elephant plays in the background. Gabby sends Jim a text saying she got a ride. Jim spots Gabby kissing a total stranger. 
Jim reacts, his eyes widen and his jaws drop. It's such a funny shot watching Jim react as his car goes in reverse out of frame. I like this shot. In the boxing ring, Sean gets slammed onto the floor. Sean and Jim get home. Liz notices a new black eye on Sean. Sean jokes that Jim makes him fight for money. Jim clarifies that it's just some clean consensual assault. Liz apologizes for the morning and promises not to butt in his life. We all know that's not gonna happen. Paul revisits his dog Julie and insists on retaking the driving assessment. Was Paul hitting on Julie in that scene? They look cute together but never date your doctors or patients for that matter. It's creepy. At Runaway Roadhouse Bar, people are playing the game Cornhole. Brian, Jim and Gabby meet for drinks. Jim confronts Gabby about kissing a stranger on the street. He even demonstrates it by air kissing. It's hard to watch but Jason is so good with this kind of thing. He used to make such impressions all the time as Marshall on How I Met Your Mother. Gabby comes clean revealing that she and Nico are amicably getting a divorce. Jim asks how Nico is doing on his sobriety. I knew that the meeting Gabby mentioned before was Alcoholics Anonymous. Jim apologizes to Gabby for judging her. Jim makes a face but Gabby doesn't like that sad face. Jim clarifies that it's his face. He has a resting dead wife face. Brian's reaction to Gabby's divorce changes as per Gabby's sentiment. He's first sad, then he's happy and celebratory because Gabby is happy. Gabby points out to Jim that that's how you be a supportive friend. At Jim's home, I Know the End by Phoebe Bridgers is playing aloud and Alice is having her 15 minutes of grieving. Jim sneaks a peek into Alice's room all concerned. He checks with Alice if she's doing okay. Alice explains the 15 minutes of grieving technique. Jim warms a pizza for dinner. Speaking of pizza, I'm not a pizza person, but last year I had this amazing pizza on my friend's birthday and I think it's the best pizza I've ever had. Jim keeps saying be brave to psych himself while he takes the pizza out of the oven with bare hands. I misheard it as pee break because Jim mentioned it in the previous scene. I thought he wanted to pee, but then he didn't go to pee. Alice joins Jim for dinner. So at this point, the director cuts to a shot from outside the house through a window and the window frames them as a picture-perfect family. I just love this shot. It's quite overwhelming for Jim, but he's maintaining a calm demeanor. Alice appreciates it. It's extremely hard for Jim to not show emotion. Jim tries to place his hand on Alice's shoulder, but she feels it's too much. The director cuts back to the shot from outside the house through a window framing them as a picture-perfect family. Though this kind of shot also means that someone is watching them from the outside. But I kinda like my interpretation better. The next morning, Jim drives Sean and his bike to the office. Sean is supposed to drive the car back home. Jim feels he needs to get back in shape. Sean just smiles and nods. Jim is appalled by Sean's reaction. Paul almost hits Jim with his car in the parking. He declares that he passed his driver's test again. Grace has a virtual session with Jim about her people-pleasing behavior. Jim compliments Grace on her progress. Grace is so thankful to Jim for helping her leave Donnie. I was right about Grace's husband's name and I still hate him. Gabby invites Jim for celebratory jello shots on signing her divorce papers. 
At the house, Alice laughs when her friend Summer makes an inappropriate remark about housing Sean in her V&A. Summer clicks a picture of her and Alice smiling. Alice is suddenly overcome with a wave of guilt. At the office, Jim is not happy about the invitation to Gabby's divorce party. He discusses it with Paul. I don't know why Jim is pissed because Gabby is getting a divorce. What does it have to do with him? Paul says, Come on, kiddo. You don't get to dictate how other people grieve. It's a very important life lesson right here. Paul continues, Me? I got to kick and scream for a while before I face the truth. But then I face it like a hero. Harrison Ford is totally a hero and a silver fox. Even I like to scream and hit at things. Paul says, But you? Who knows how you grieve? You haven't even begun. I think Paul is absolutely right. Jim hasn't grieved at all. Though Jim claims to be grieving for a year. Paul sheds some light on the matter and reveals that Jim is just numbing. Drugs, booze, women and now being overly involved in his patients' lives. We saw all of it in episode 1. Jim is not comfortable showing up at Gabby's with a fake smile on his face. Paul reminds Jim, It's not about you, it's about her. If only people could learn this and implement it in their lives. Paul offers Jim a trick to get through his apprehension. I swear to God, I paused and I was like, No, 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 no. Jim's gonna figure out that you've been talking to Alice behind his back. Don't do it. Someone stop him. Paul tells Jim about 15 minutes of grieving to your favorite sad song. Feeling your feelings on a clock. Jim actually gives it a try on his bike ride to Gabby's. He listens to the same song as Alice, I Know the End by Phoebe Bridgers. Jim cries his heart out until a car door knocks him out on his ass. Liz now has a new dog. Alice checks if Liz would be coming to her soccer game next week. Of course Liz will be there. Sean inquires if the neighbor lady is always kind of hanging around. Alice describes it as, She took over parenting me for a while. But I don't appreciate Alice saying that I throw her a bone every now and again. That's so not cool, girl. Sean apologizes to Alice for still being around. Alice lets him off the hook saying that she's been all over the place, feeling guilty about things that she shouldn't feel. She's a mess. Alice just doesn't want Sean to throw away any more of her plants. Sean makes her smile by saying, That plant was deader than your mom. That was cold and brutal. Liz is suspicious watching Alice and Sean bond. At Gabby's home, Gabby feels guilty for divorcing Nico. But she needs to choose her own happiness. She misses Jim's wife, Tia, because she was her person. Brian arrives at Gabby's with champagne and balloons and a cool hat. Liz is contemplating to buy wine at a cheese store. She bumps into Paul so she checks with him if it's okay for Sean to hang out at Jim's house with Alice. Paul didn't know about this until now. He's gonna rain fire on Jim. The moment Jim arrives home, he gets a call from Paul confronting him about housing Sean. Paul says, Why is it so hard for you to put your daughter first? Honestly, I think I'm done with you. Jim asks, What does that even mean? Paul responds, I don't know. I just know we're not speaking. Jim wants a chance to explain himself. Paul doesn't respond. Jim thinks it's a little juvenile of Paul. Paul is absolutely okay with it. Jim loses his cool. Jim says, You think I don't know where Alice gets that 15-minute thing from? Paul, you've been talking to her. Behind my back. 
Jim did put two and two together and knows that Alice learned that 15 minutes of grieving thing from Paul. Paul responds, Yeah, so what of it? You've something to say? I hit pause and said, You better say thank you. Say thank you. Say thank you. Sorry, I was caught up in the moment. There's a long pause and Jim says, Thank you. I cheered. Good for you, Jim. Good for you. Paul disconnects the phone angrily. Inside the house, Alice and Sean are enjoying a congratulatory cake baked by Liz. Alan sends a picture of him with his date and a text that says, You were right. See you Thursday. The following morning, when Gabby walks out of her house, she reacts seeing Paul seated in the passenger seat of a car. Paul takes her up on the offer of hitching a ride to work every day. Paul wants to go out on his terms like a hero. Like the last episode's closing song, Gabby asks Paul, Do you want to talk about it? In that moment, Paul gets a call from Jim and he doesn't answer. Jim leaves a voicemail giving Paul an explanation as he's hiking. He assures him Alice and Sean are getting along great. His patients are doing better after he switched to psychological vigilante mode. Jim spots Donnie with his wife Grace in the distance. He stops in his tracks and reacts. Grace realizes that Jim saw her and her husband together. Grace runs away ashamed along with her husband. Jim reacts appalled because Grace lied to him. Do you remember the woman from the beginning of the episode wearing a tie-and-dye sweatshirt and sporting a cap? That was Grace. We didn't get to see her face then, but it was her. Grace, your husband is emotionally abusive. Why would you go back to him? You didn't just go back to him, you lied to your therapist about it. What gives Grace? The end credits begin over the song Hurts to be Alive by Whitmer Thomas. Jim must also be hurt like hell. It hurts a little less when you get to listen to amazing songs in the show. Krista Miller is doing a great job as the music supervisor. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.